The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your name. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christian conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday morning. I hope you had a great weekend and a good Lord's Day, and... uh yeah, we, we I got some bad news over the weekend. I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. Uh, this morning has been, has been a uh, adventurous thing here with my computer. One of my monitors just isn't showing a signal at all. Uh, restarted several times, couldn't do it, having to move stuff. And then when you open up a window that's usually on that window, you can't open it. So several of the things that I do to set up for the show weren't there. Then I forgot because I my mind got focused on that to do the... the, the um, the sound part, so you guys on the radio heard it, but you guys on the video platforms didn't hear the very first part of the intro. So apologies for that and everything, but here's the thing. You guys may have remembered last year 
we had a gentleman by the name of Victor Porlier. He was coming on uh, the show every Tuesday with me, and uh, we had be- we Victor and I were friends for I don't know maybe um, somewhere between a year, a little over a year, and a year and a half. And Victor's uh, eighty three years old, and just so full. I mean, in the mornings, he was so energetic. And it was incredible. And what we did was I brought him on the show because what had happened was, you remember there was the assassination of the Iranian guy, right? Second in command. Trump tried to justify that, saying, oh, it was imminent. And then they backed off of that after they were called out on it. And <clears throat> the gentleman I had with us, I mean, he's a smart guy. He he worked in government and all of that. And I, 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 like, I like him. I really do. But I, I felt like there wasn't the knowledge to understand why things were transpiring the way they were. So a friend of mine introduced me to Victor and Victor and I hit it off real quickly. And his wife, very sweet lady, uh, Lois. And uh, she was the one last year when I was having all the cough and stuff from the pollen and everything. It was just really affecting me a lot. Uh, She sent me a lot of these elderberry throat lodges. So, we became good friends. Every week he was in here, and if you if you haven't heard it, and you really want to understand why things are going on in the Middle East the way they are, go back and listen to the archives. Just go to sonslibertymedia.com, put in Victor Porlier, P-O-R-L-I-E-R, and we didn't get to finish the series because his wife got really sick, and this was around the time the COVID stuff started happening. She got really sick. I said, don't take her to the hospital, whatever you do. He says, I'm not. Because they lived in New York. And so for about two weeks, she was really sick. He was worn down. I could tell it when I would talk to him. And uh, we had planned on doing a show on the economy just prior to the election to show people that the economy was not booming like everybody said. Just because people have jobs don't mean the economy is booming. If you have to keep printing money to keep that economy going, that's not a booming economy. Okay? And that's what Trump was doing then. And it's being done by Biden now. So there's no difference in that. There really isn't. I know a lot of you people think there is, but there isn't. The underlying factor is it's all being propped up. Okay, So we were all set to do that, and he didn't get to do it. And then we talked here recently about doing something on that. Well, Friday evening, um, their house exploded. It was about 8.20, 8.30, whatever. They live up in New York and um, and Bern, and apparently, at least this is what the thinking is, they're still digging out a lot of the stuff because it was a, they had a beautiful three-story home. I was going to open up and show you the home uh, because he sent me some drone pictures when they were put on the market last year, and it's a beautiful home, uh, 5,600 square feet, and a lot of that was library. Um, so they are assuming that there's a propane leak the majority of the house is either in the basement now. There's no house left. I mean, it's to the ground. And it's spread, you know, some of the roof panels were blown 100 yards. So it is, uh, they were having a large, a hard time just digging out um, some of the stuff that just to get down to the basement where they, they believe all this has happened. And um, so we lose some wonderful people in the Lord. We really do. And yet our loss is their gain. For the Bible says that 
absent from the body is present with the Lord. And I know Victor and Lois both had that, um, that hope within them that that's when they left their bodies, that's where they was going to be. They were going to be with the Lord. And we praise God for that. We praise him for his salvation that comes only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and something like that happens to you, you will not be present with the Lord in the wonder and the fullness of his grace, but in the fullness of his wrath for sin. And so that's why the Sons of Liberty exist, is to call people to repentance, that they may know the Lord Jesus, that they may be reconciled back unto God, and that they may know what it is to have life abundant and the hope that we have in Christ. And so I wanted to share that with our, our listening audience. I I wish I could take a whole show and just put some things together, but um, that that just that's not my style of doing things. And uh, so, but uh, be in prayer for um, Victor's son, Mark. He's having to make some journeys from the south here up to New York and set aside um, some funeral arrangements and things like that. But I, I thought many who have heard Victor and who love to hear Victor on Tuesday would appreciate hearing that. By the way, many people know him. You know, he was written about in the local news as being very liberal. And he told me, he told me his testimony. I was very liberal. He was in the State Department for about 10 years in the 60s. And uh, so he, he had a lot of knowledge that he gained on how government would work and all these kinds of things. And yet um, it, they would write about him. Oh, he, he went from being a liberal to a, a staunch conservative. No, he didn't. He went from being a liberal to being a Christian. And he wanted people to understand that. He went from being a liberal to being a Christian, a follower of Christ. And uh, and that's what made the difference in him. And he and his wife uh, both were tremendous in their community. You could read some of the story. There was, there was one story in particular that actually interviewed a lot of the neighbors. And they really spoke high of them, saying they were brilliant. They were a credit to their community. They helped people and, and the like. And, um, you know, we I got several stories from them as far as helping some troubled uh, young people and other people in their area, and so, um, boy, they're they're really they're really going to be missed. I'm I'm going to miss talking with Victor because uh, again, he was. Uh, we were actually looking forward to him selling his house and coming down because they w- they had said they were going to settle somewhere in South Carolina, probably. Um, and uh, so we were looking at having some dinners and and some conversations and things, and uh, and now that's not to be. And you know what? Uh, even as we started in the book of Job yesterday at church, you know, Job said, naked I came into the world, naked I'm going to go out. And he says that when God took his his cattle and his sheep and his camels and um, his children, he said, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's not easy to say sometimes, is it? When we lose those who are precious to us. It's hard for us to say that. And yet, it is true. And we should acknowledge the truth. In fact, I'm going to branch off on that on something today that I I saw this morning in the news. And it's about the truth. It's about the truth. You know, we've written at sonsoflibertymedia.com about what this vaccine is this injection, okay? This injection. It's not even It's not even technically defined as a vaccine. They changed it in Webster's Dictionary to accommodate this mess they're putting out now. But it's not even a vaccine. And even on 
the manufacturer's own website. They don't say that. They call it something else. Okay? Now, some of you are familiar with Naomi Wolf. I remember her from, she used to be on CNN, I think. I don't think, I don't think she's on there. I don't watch any of that anymore, so I don't know. But here's a couple of stories. This is off of uh, MSN. Naomi Wolf suspended from Twitter after spreading outlandish coronavirus vaccine misinformation. Misinformation. I want you to listen to this. Twitter has suspended author Naomi Wolf after she posted outlandish vaccine misinformation on the platform, including a claim the shots were a software platform that can receive uploads. The author of the 1991 feminist classic, The Beauty Myth, How Images of Beauty Are Used Against Women, also spread myths, myths, about the pandemic itself and lockdowns, The Guardian reported. And we're going to go to The Guardian. You know, they're the bastion of truth over there in the UK, right? You can trust The Guardian. On some things you can, but you got to be careful about what you're reading over there. In addition... Wolf has compared Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top White House advisor on the coronavirus pandemic and a respected household name. No, he's not. He's not. He doesn't have a respected household name. His name is Mud. His name is Mud. To Satan, before her 140,000 plus followers, BBC News reported. Well, I can tell you this. Dr. Fauci is not Satan. But Satan is his daddy. That's his daddy. All right? She also tweeted that the urine and feces of people who'd been vaccinated had to be separated from general sewage flow so it could be tested for potential effects on non-vaccinated people through drinking water. Well, yeah, I agree. You do know they take all that stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is what a lot of people don't get. They talk about you You won't eat sausage if you go see how it's made. Well, go see how your water is filtered if you're in the city. huh? Go, go see how that's done. Taking your waste and turning it back into drinking water to give right back to you. You say, well, they would never do that. They're doing it to the cows. They're throwing their feces in with the corn to eat. You don't think they'll do it to you? They think you're nothing but an animal either. They have an evolutionary view of man instead of seeing him as in, in, the, in the image of God. Now, this was the short thing from, um, <clears throat> from Naomi here. And look, this has been brought up by several doctors. Our own Kate Chimarani had brought this up as well. She pointed these things out. And let's go to The Guardian, because this is where MSN is pointing to here. Um, and here's what the uh, sub you know, this subtitle, whatever the thing is that they pop in here just right under before they start the article. Many social media users applaud termination of author's account. Yeah, the robots and the people who are being paid, that's the only people who are, who are applauding that stuff. But some have said the move is a blow to freedom of speech. Of course it is. Of course it is a, a blow to f- uh, free speech. Here's, here's the thing. When you go to the doctor, let's say the doctor gives you you, you, you go to the doctor, and the God, doctor gives you a diagnosis that you have cancer, and here's what we're going to do about it. Well, are you one of those people that say, yep, I'm just going to go along with it, or wait a minute, I want a second opinion to make sure you're saying what you're saying is true, right? You want a second opinion. Well, what if that second opinion comes back and says, no, 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 you don't have cancer, you've got something else, and we can treat that, just lay off of this or lay off of that, don't eat this stuff. The two are conflicting, aren't they? 
And yet, somebody's got to be right and somebody's got to be they, they both might be wrong. They both can't be right. And one can be right and one can be wrong. But you're open to hear that opinion from both doctors. Now, the question is, why are you not... Why is it not permissible to hear another side of the story? You know, we've we've pointed back to Proverbs that one seems right when he states his case until until his neighbor comes along and challenges him, right? Why is it not okay for people to come and present the truth rather than the lies you're hearing out of the mainstream media. I'll guarantee you Twitter has not suspended one Mockingbird media outlet on its platform. I'll guarantee you they haven't. And every one of them tell you these injections are safe and effective, which is the furthest thing from the truth, and we've demonstrated that over and over and over and over. Bodies are piling up. They are. And by the way, I got a... I got a... I got a... um, a text from somebody who keeps sending me stuff that I'm not requesting. It's just, I got to tell you, it's it's annoying. And, you know, he wants to say that my extrapolating out from the 1% of the CD, CDC VAERS is, doesn't have proof. Well, I never said it was reality. I, what I said was is the 1% is all we have. And I said, if we extrapolated that out, theoretically, what would be the case? We might be looking at half a million people who are dead. He says, I just can't believe that because, you know, the funeral homes aren't this, that, and the other. But he believes the COVID narrative. He believes the COVID narrative. And I have to ask, where did we see all the funeral homes for the COVID people? I didn't see them. Did you? Yes, it would, Suzanne. <laughs> yes, it would. So here is Naomi Wolf. She has said this about this, uh, these things being uh, operating systems, uh, software platforms. Same thing. It's the same thing. Tomato, tomato is the same thing. So she has said this. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to show you that Naomi Wolf is right. It's not outlandish. Here's what's outlandish is MSN and The Guardian writing this tripe about her and writing the lies about her. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. So here's what I want to do. Let me just start off right here, okay? So last, uh, or back in January, I thought it was last year, but back in January, and I think Suzanne has written on this too, but I didn't have time because of the technical stuff I was dealing with here. I think she's written on this as well <clears throat> over at sonsoflibertymedia.com. But here's the one I did. Moderna's mRNA injections are an operating system designed to program humans and hack their biological functions. That was the title. Okay? And <clears throat> got a story from Natural News that I pulled from. And this was written by Lance Johnson, and I added this in here. But before I give you a little bit of that, I'm going to pull up Moderna, their website. Now, this is the Moderna website, ModernaTX.com, okay? Here's what they call, listen, this is how they describe their mRNA vaccine. 
We built Moderna on the guiding premise that if using mRNA as, as a medicine works for one disease, it should work for many diseases. And if this is possible, given the right approach and infrastructure, it could meaningfully improve how medicines are discovered, developed, and manufactured. Our operating system. This is the, ty- this is the headline here. Our operating system. That's what they call it. Recognizing the broad potential of mRNA science, we set out to create an mRNA technology platform. I mean, right there it is. Operating system, platform. But that's outlandish for Naomi to say, right? So Twitter has to cut her off. Create an mRNA technology platform that functions very much like an operating system on a computer. It is designed so that it can plug and play interchangeably with different programs. In our case, the programmer app is our mRNA drug, the unique mRNA sequence that codes for a protein. We have a dedicated team of several hundred scientists and engineers solely focused on advancing Moderna's platform technology. They are organized around key disciplines and work in an integrated fashion to advance knowledge surrounding mRNA science and solve for challenges that are unique to mRNA drug development. Some of these disciplines include mRNA biology, chemistry, formulation, and delivery, bioinformatics, and protein engineering. And they go on. Our mRNA medicines are, quote-unquote, the software of life. So here you have, in, in the Moderna, on the Moderna page, you have software, platform, what was the other word that was used there? Software, platform, and something else. I forget what the one was at the, at the beginning there. They call it infrastructure they're putting in as well. So, Naomi Wolf is not off. She's not giving misinformation. She's giving it. I mean, this is right from their website, guys. Right from their website. And here's what Moderna has to say about the software of life. When we have a concept for a new mRNA medicine and begin research, fundamental components are already in place. Generally, the only thing that changes from one potential mRNA medicine to another is the coding region. The actual genetic code that instructs ribosomes to make protein. Utilizing these instructions set instruction sets gives our investi- investigational ugh, I'm having a tough time talking this morning. MRNA medicines a software like quality. I mean they're saying it themselves. We also have the ability to combine different mRNA sequences encoding for different proteins in a single mRNA investigational medicine. We are leveraging the flexibility afforded by our platform and the fundamental role mRNA plays in protein synthesis to pursue mRNA medicines for a broad spectrum of diseases. So as you can see, Moderna has said it themselves. And look, there's no difference between Moderna and the rest of these mRNA. They're, they're working as though it's, a, it's an operating system that they're working off of. Okay. And yet, here's Naomi Wolf being banned from Twitter, pedophile Twitter, Jack Dorsey, being banned from there because she's telling the truth. She's telling the truth. 
I'm going to get to some of the, the things here. But what I want to do is <clears throat> I want to take and I want to let you hear a well, I'm going to play for you a video, but you'll hear it on the radio. This guy is the CEO, the chief, well, excuse me, he's the chief medical officer for Moderna. And um, he is going to be presenting what's going on here. Now, this is a this is a TED Talk by Tal Zaks. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He's the chief medical officer of Moderna. I want you to listen to what he says these shots are, okay? And you tell me, is Naomi Wolf telling the truth or should she have been suspended? Here it goes. All right, and we're setting up here with a Beacon Street talk, I guess, from Ted. So I started my professional life about 30 years ago as a nurse in the pediatric intensive care unit. And I remember this one infant, let's call him Jonathan, who came in really, really ill. Seemed to have a rare genetic defect, but in those days, gene diagnosis was still in its infancy, so we couldn't really figure out what's wrong with him. And in the years since, as I've trained as a physician scientist, we've been living this phenomenal digital and scientific revolution. And I'm here today to tell you that we're actually hacking the software of life and that it's changing the way we think about prevention and treatment of disease. So here's all the biology you need to know in 30 seconds. Our body is made out of organs. Our organs are made out of cells. And in every cell, there's this thing called messenger RNA, or mRNA for short, that transmits the critical information from the DNA, our genes, to the protein, which is really the stuff we're all made out of. This is the critical information that determines what a cell will actually do. And so we think of it like an operating system. And it's not just in every cell of our body, it's actually in every cell of every organism alive. It's the same thing. And so if you could actually change that, which we call the software of life, if you could introduce a line of code or change a line of code, it turns out that has profound implications for everything from the flu to cancer. And I'm going to demonstrate that with three short examples. Let's start with the flu. So many of us get a vaccine. Uh, what is a vaccine? It is an injection in our arm where we get bits and pieces of the virus, the proteins, and that teaches our immune system to recognize the virus, and so when we get infected, we're not sick. Now, imagine if instead of giving the protein, we would give the instructions on how to make the protein, how the body can make its own vaccine. That's an mRNA vaccine, and here's what it looks like from the cell. All right, let me interrupt just a second because he made a pretty important distinction there. He told you about the traditional approach, which are labeled vaccines, where they introduce the dead viral component, whatever the case is, into your body in a small amount so that your body can react to it, okay? They've changed that. Now they're going to just be putting protein instructions in your body, okay? Just want to make sure that this clear. There is a, this is a completely different thing. It's never been, well, I, it, I'm not going to say it's never been tested. It was tested in animals. All the animals died, okay? So this is what we're dealing with right now, okay? 
I just want to make sure that you got that point uh, of what he just said. So the traditional approach has protein floating around your cells. An mRNA vaccine approach has the cells themselves in your own body making the vaccine. What's more alarming, a stranger prowling the neighborhood or somebody who just broke into your ground floor and tripped the alarm? That's what happens with an mRNA vaccine. You've tripped the alarm wire, and now the cell is dialing 911. It's calling the police at the same time as it's making the protein and saying, that's the bad guy. That's how an mRNA vaccine works. And for the last several years, we've shown this actually works in a whole multitude of animal models. Earlier this year, we published the first actual study in people. And it, it actually works in people. We took a group of volunteers. Okay, and let's, let's pause another. With, Here, here's something else that he just said. He said, we've proved it works in animal models. Models. And it doesn't. That's not been, I mean, for, for a model, maybe. In the animal itself, their animals got sick and died when they were reintroduced with coronavirus. So, again, certain things are said, and then other things are thrown in there. And you got to keep, you got to kind of keep an eye on what he's presenting here because he's telling you what they're doing. And we're seeing the ramifications of what they've done. We're seeing it in the VARES report. We're seeing it in the Euro, whatever that thing is, vigilant thing that's basically a VARES copycat over in the UK where they have so many people. And it's just incredible. Okay. It really is. So just keep that in mind as you're watching a messenger RNA vaccine against a variant of flu, influenza. And all of these volunteers got the immune response we were hoping to see. The side effect profile was pretty benign, what you would see with any normal type vaccine. So we've proven the principle this actually can work. It works in people. And now we're going to be developing a whole um, slew of vaccines against diseases for which we don't have one. So that's infectious disease. Now, for the second example, let's talk All right, let me pause him one more time. I apologize to keep interrupting here, Horrible but disease. I'm going to pause him. They haven't done it in people. You are the test subjects now. You know, prior to this, you would have people who volunteered and, you know, they were made aware of all the stuff and everything like that. And, and they, you're, the public is that now. The public is that under an unlawful emergency use authorization put forth by unelected bureaucrats to put it out to you and then pimped by the mainstream media and those that are bought off in government to tell you it's safe and effective. But they haven't proven it works. What they've proven is, is that they can tell you it works. What they've proven is that they'll say it's an operating system. What they'll, what they'll prove to you is they'll, they'll say it works in animal models. And yet, when we the proof is in the pudding. What are we seeing from the people who actually get these things? Now, again, keep in mind, in the trials, they always put a placebo. It's basically nothing. Saline solution. In with the regular shots. So, when they test them, they're going to have some people that are going to get the real thing, and they're going to get some people that get the saline solution. It's not going to affect them at all. And so we have this, we have all of these deaths, we have all these adverse effects in just a few months from these shots. And this guy's telling us, oh no, we've proved that it works. No, you haven't. You're lying. You're lying to the people. 
Cancer has affected the lives of many of us and will affect the lives of many more of us as we age. The problem with cancer at the cellular level is that the DNA is screwed up. You've got these mutations, and this screwed up DNA leads up to screwed up information that makes screwed up protein. And so the cell loses control. Now, how do you figure out what is actually screwed up? Well, you've got to figure out the, the, the whole sequence, right? It took us decades and billions of dollars to sequence the human genome. And we've done that. We achieved that in 2003. And now we're less than 15 years later, and it takes us a week. And we can do it for every patient. So now we can go and figure out what exactly is screwed up in a patient, and we can use that information to make a vaccine. We take that information, say a patient with lung cancer, and we take, it, we take the, the biopsy, we figure out the sequence, we figure out their immune system, we, and that all becomes information. It goes up in the cloud into a bioinformatic algorithm and then automatically makes a vaccine that we administer into their normal tissue, into the muscle, to try and wake up their immune system. Now, the challenge, of course, is that every person's cancer is different. Mutations happen by random chance. And so to do this, you have to make it personalized. So this is me. But if every patient is different, what we're going to have to do is make a personalized cancer vaccine for every patient. And that's exactly what we've started to do. Every patient gets a vaccine that's based on the sequence in their own tumor. So when we started to do this a couple years ago, my CEO stopped by one evening and said, Tal, I get the idea, but is this going to work? And I said, look, Stefan, I don't know, but we've got all the pieces to try and answer the question, so we should try. And today, I can tell you that I still don't know if it's going to work, but I know we're able to actually run the experiment. Earlier this week, the first patient was treated with a personalized cancer vaccine we made just for her. Thank you. So in the months and years to come, we will know the answer of whether we can actually wake the immune system against somebody's cancer with a personalized cancer vaccine. So stay tuned. I'm going to finish with a third example of something called methylmalonic acidemia, or MMA for short. Now, the name doesn't matter. Okay, this is just an, a disease that is caused by an enzyme that's critical for metabolism. And children are born, and they lack this one crucial gene. And so their body is not able really to fight infection properly, or anytime they have any sort of stress, their body goes into crisis. They have one gene that's gone awry, and it causes a really significant disease. If you look at what happens over time for these children, about one-third of them don't make it to the age of 10. You see here the survival curve, whether the gene is completely lost or whether there's just uh, an aberration in it, the survival is impaired. And what do we do? Well, there's not much you can do because the missing protein is actually missing inside their cells. So what do we do? Well, here's what we do. We take out their liver, and we transplant the liver from a donor that is healthy and normal into these kids. Think about it. They're missing one critical piece of information, and what we do is transplant an entire organ. Well, it fixes the problem, but what if there's a better way? What if we could fix the missing information? So based on innovations, uh, nanomedicine, a, a new class of invention that Bob Langer across the river at MIT and Cambridge has, has been inventing, 
we're now able to package this information in messenger RNA with a goal of giving it as an infusion and then having it go to the liver to replace that missing information. Is this going to work? Well, we know the biology works. So together with the National Institutes of Health, we've studied this in a mouse model. And this mouse has been engineered to have the exact same problem that the kids have. They're lacking the, one, the same gene. And you can see in the red line what happens to these mice when they're born. Pretty much immediately, they die. They cannot cope with stress. But if you inject messenger RNA that codes for the one missing protein that replaces that information, these mice, all of them survive, as you can see in the green line. And if you look at them, they not only survive, they're actually growing, they're gaining weight, they look like they're healthy littermates. We're hoping to start the clinical trials in the near future, and the idea is the same thing here. If you think about what it is we're trying to do, we've taken information and our understanding of that information and how that information is transmitted in a cell, and we've taken our understanding of medicine and how to make drugs, and we're fusing the two. We think of it as information therapy. I started by telling you about Jonathan. And 30 years ago, when I was a nurse in the intensive care unit, I worked uh, two night shifts. And Jonathan came in when he was about 12 months old and uh, very quickly became dependent on a ventilator. Um, and for the next uh, 15 months or so, every time I came into the unit, he was my patient to care for. Uh, you know, bathe, feed, treat, play with. He couldn't talk. He was on a ventilator, but he was very much alive. And you could tell, you could play with him. His eyes would follow me after a while. He would recognize me. Until one day I came into the unit for my shift and uh, he was no longer there. He had died because of an infection in between shifts. Imagine a world where we can not just diagnose, but we can actually use the information to create vaccines, to wake up the immune system to something like cancer, and to fix the missing information for children with diseases like Jonathan so that they can live the ICU and live a healthy life. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, that is the, uh, yeah, everybody's standing up clapping. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of creepy. Sometimes watching these TED Talks are creepy. I, I, I get it. But when you're talking about this, now let me, let me, let me give this caveat here. Yeah, the Bible, tell, um, the command of God is you shall not murder, right? And in that commandment, it's not just don't do something, it's to do a positive aspect of that. You learn that, you know, if you, if you go through like the Westminster uh, Shorter or Longer Catechism, one of the things you learn is the positive aspect, and that is that you seek to save life too. So I think there's a thing in which maybe there are some people who have good intentions, don't get me wrong, about trying to fix things to help people. I don't doubt that there are some people at that level who do that. I, I don't doubt that at all, okay? But the fact of the matter is, this guy is saying, we're going to go change one thing. We're going to make it specific for you on your cancer. And the obvious question is, once you put that in, what else does it affect? Not just does it, if it even if it takes care of the cancer, what else is it affecting? See, that's the issue. And somebody asked in the chat, I'm not going to get into the political thing, um, but, uh, but Nay had asked about you know Trump promoting this stuff. Well, Nay, if you'd have been listening to Sons of Liberty, we've been telling you what Donald Trump is all along. Donald Trump is a, a, a serial adulterer. He is a man who w was recorded on a bus 
talking about grabbing women by their genitals. And, and women who supported him supported, I mean, they're just supporting him for that. If that had been Joe Biden, if that had been Barack Obama, oh, they would have had a cow, but no, not for Donald Trump. They'll, they'll go along and do that. And Donald Trump is the one who wants you to know he got Operation Warp Speed. He's the one who pushed this, this poison out to the people. That's all he talked about for a year. He was the one pushing Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks out to you every day. So yeah, he's in on it. <laughs> and people are still being played. They're still following him around. Thinking he's going to save them if he gets back in the White House. Fools for your pains for thinking such things. You, those people are just like the people of Israel that said, "I will. I, I don't. We don't want God. We, we want a king like everybody else. We want a man to do for us what we won't do for ourselves." I I got to tell you, I'm I've been listening to the um, audio book of Bill Cooper's uh, Pale Horse book. Forget the name of that. Beyond a Peril Horse, I think is what it is. And one of the things he talks about is that people don't want to take the responsibility, so they will elect people to do for them what they're too scared to do for themselves. And that comes in a variety of things. Come up with an answer for me. I don't want to have to think about it. Hey, I don't like this person over there, so what I'm going to do is I want to kill them, but I know the consequences I'll face for it, so I'll elect people over there who will raid their houses, who may kill them in the process to get their tax money or to, to get them for a plant or whatever. This is what people do. And they buy into that of putting other people that are just like them as representatives who will do their dirty work. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But here we've got these guys developing all these kinds of things. Okay? And here this guy is telling you what they're doing. Now, he uses, I, point, I pointed out, he uses a lot of mixture in there as to what's going on. Saying, oh, we've had success with this. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. And I think come this fall and this winter, we're going to see just how beneficial this injection is going to be. Because again, remember, when they did this before and they came up with the coronavirus injections and they gave it to the ferrets, they gave it to the animals, every one of them died when they were reintroduced with the coronavirus. Every one of them. Not a one of them lived. This was why People like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Kate Shimrani, Dr. Kevin Corbett, Dr. Kerry Miday, all these people are pointing back to those kind of studies and saying, look, they tried this one time before. It didn't work out so good. And now they're telling us this. And they're using it on not only the people, putting it out to the people, but they're also taking, and they're going to try to give it to our kids. They're going to try to give it to the kids. Now, I come back to how Naomi Wolf has been maligned. And I don't want to equate Naomi Wolf to, uh, you know, a, a Christian or whatever. I don't know that she is. I don't think that she is. But on this issue, she's speaking the truth. And yet, she's basically being told, you're a liar. You can't put that out because Twitter says so, because they are the authority. And whatever they say, it must be true. Despite the facts, despite what I just played for you by Moderna's 
chief medical person. And despite what I read to you off of their website, are you going to believe Twitter and the Guardian and MSN? Or are you going to believe your lying eyes and ears? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just, I, I'm just saying. But when she speaks on this, this is the truth. Um, here's some of the things. This again, this is from the, uh, the, the Guardian. Wolf, who wrote the, she wrote that book that I mentioned at the first, holds staunch anti-vaccine views. So, last month she told a U.S. congressional committee that vaccine passports would quote recreate a situation that is very familiar to me as a student of history. This has been the start of many, many genocides. Indeed, it has. I, I, I don't know. The, the, the people from The Guardian are either paid-off hacks working for the CIA, or they're ignorant. Or maybe they're both. Maybe they're a little bit of both. But she's pointing out things that we know from history. We've talked about this several times of what took place in Nazi Germany and how it was all happening under the quote-unquote medical profession. As the pandemic continued, the author variously claimed that vaccines were a, quote, software platform that can receive uploads and, end quote, and that, quote, the best way to show respect for healthcare workers if you're healthy and under 65 is to socialize sensibly and expose yourself to a low viral load, end quote. In her most recent post, she argued that vaccinated people's urine feces need to be separated from general sewage supplies, waterways, until its impact on unvaccinated people via drinking water was established. Now, look, it's not just that. What about the issue of blood? Because we have, in this country, we have a lot of people who donate blood. How is that affected? Well, we're not told by uh, Moderna's chief medical officer how that will impact anybody else. Because he specifically said, and you heard him say it, we developed something that was specific to this person to put in their bodies. Well, if it's specific to that person, and that person... Let's say they do get well. That person gets well and they donate blood. And I am a recipient of that blood. Maybe I get in an accident or something. They're going to try to use that to save my life or whatever. How does that affect me? We're not told. Oh, we didn't think about that. We didn't think about answering that question. (laughs) Duh. So... Does that taint the blood? Do people who get blood transfusions, will they be getting blood clots and brain aneurysms and whatever else that we've spilled out here as far as what's affecting people who get these shots? Well, we don't know. And they're not telling us. They've not tested it. They've not put out any kind of precautions to people like the Red Cross to say, wait a minute, you need to find out if people have gotten this this, uh, gene-altering DNA. Now, I can tell you this. This guy, when he was talking about fixing the cancer part of the cell, right? The one thing he left out is, and I noticed that somebody mentioned it in the chat, the one thing he left out is, what are these people eating? What are they consuming in their bodies? 
Because that, more than likely, is what has brought on the cancer. Maybe not, the, maybe not totally the food. There may be some other things that are happening there. But a large part is what we've taken in our body. The food, the drink, all the, all the other stuff. Okay? Why is that not being talked about? Why are the heavy metals and things being sprayed in the air and all this other stuff? Why is that not being talked about, about what is actually causing the cancer? And then doing something natural where you don't have to spend billions of dollars. You don't have to worry about killing animals or killing people. You can just say, look, we need to get your nutrition right. We need to get your supplements right so your vitamins and your minerals are up the things that you actually need. Why is that not the approach? And this is why we bring Kate Shimrani on every Saturday. She's one who's been through it. She's one who has the knowledge. She is learning. And she has learned. And she's sharing that knowledge with people so that they don't have to go down this road and saying, boy, I sure hope this works. And if it don't, I guess I'm going to get blood clots. I'm going to end up dying prematurely. Actually, you're not prematurely. You'll die the day that God has determined that you're going to die. But the fact of the matter is, is... I mean, if you, especially if you're a healthy person and taking this, it's, it's a, I'd see it as a real problem. In any case, this is the truth. Now, Jesus called himself the truth, okay? I am the way, the truth, and the life. A man comes to the Father but by me. He, so he wasn't saying, I'm just giving you truth. He says, I am the truth. So when we look at something that comes from here, and Jesus tied him being the truth to being life as well. When we look at what's coming out here, this is about people's lives. It is truth about something that we know. People are dying after they get this shot. And in many cases, they're dying almost of the same kinds of things. Inflamed heart, heart attacks, uh, blood clots, all these kinds of stuff. And they're happening in a short period after they've had these mRNA shots. And what does media do? is isn't just social media. What does the media do? They attack the people that are telling the truth. They're attacking the people who are telling the truth. So, with that said, I hope that uh, some of you are already familiar with uh, the video here. I know that uh, when Suzanne wrote the piece that she wrote, I played it from uh, the piece that she wrote on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, Bombshell Moderna, Chief Medical Officer Admits MRNA Alters DNA. It, it really went viral, um, this piece. And so I know a lot of people have gotten this information. But to hear the guy talk about it, to hear him lay out what they're doing and how they're doing it. And here's the thing, guys. Those in our government have gone beyond our authorization because under the, under the Constitution, the law is supposed to be executed fairly, right? The law is supposed to be held up fairly. Justice is supposed to be there for everyone. And what happens? Well, some pigs... Or, or more piggish than others, right? What was the thing out of Animal Farm? And so some pigs get immunity. 
for what they create. doesn't matter how many people. They could kill a million people with their shots, and they're going to get immunity. And you can't sue them, and you can't go after them or anything. And other people are just going to have to suffer with it. Sorry. I know we didn't give you informed consent. You don't have to suffer for it. Let me tell you something. People who act in that way, they may escape justice here, but they won't escape it in the next life. Because the judge of all the earth sees even in the dark. And he knows what's in their heart. He knows what's in their minds. And he knows what they're doing. And he's going to hold you accountable. He's going to hold you accountable for it. Rest assured, that is why there is such a thing as Judgment Day. And it will come. It will come. But here's the hope that we have. The hope that we have is, is that God has made our bodies. The, body te- the Bible tells us that he is Jehovah our healer. Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. The Lord who heals. He told his people, I have put before you today life and death. Choose life. And among those things that he laid out was what they're to eat, what they're not to eat. Choose life. In fact, he uses the the analogy of food all through the Old Testament. I would have uh, fed you with honey out of the comb. I would have given you the finest wheat and bread for you. All of this. Now, if you're if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, what do you have to fear from any of this stuff? Nothing. You're to be bold as a lion. You're to speak the truth about what's going on. You're to call out the liars and the hucksters. No, friends, it's not all going to hell in the handbasket. We are to be those who charge the gates of hell. That's what the church is to do. And they will not prevail against us. But we've got to charge them. We've got to go up against the gates of hell. And too, too often, too many are unwilling to do that because they're going to be called names, they're going to be ostracized, they're going to suffer a little bit, and they don't want to do that. But I'm here to tell you and to encourage you and to command you that you are commanded by the Lord to do such a thing. You are, you are commanded to stand and to speak the truth. All right? Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern today, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. I'll be back with you at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Talk to you then. See you.